I want to just talk to the men today from a, a title that I come up with called Great Dads. Great Dads. And I want to begin today's talk by giving you a list of things that most dads have said at some time or another to their children. So all, all the dads, I want you to listen up and see if these sayings describe you. Okay, here we go. This is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. Be quiet. I'm trying to watch the game. Bring back my change. Uh, ask your mother, what do you think I'm made of? You want me to take you where? You don't understand. When I was your age, I'd walk five miles to and from school. It was uphill both ways. Turn those lights, turn those lights off. You don't pay no bills around here. All right now, if you break your leg, don't come running over here. I don't get that one still, but we say it though. Huh? Get down before you kill yourself. On second thought, go ahead. Why? Because I said so. Just wait until you have some kids of your own. Just wait until I get home. Here's my favorite one. You better stop crying before I give you something to cry about. Ha! Boy, I've been prepared. My mom and daddy telling me that one, boy. Look at here. You better stop crying, boy. For the next few moments, I want to talk to you about three keys to being a great dad. Three keys to being a great dad. And I haven't arrived yet. I haven't, I haven't reached the pinnacle of being a great dad. Uh, you haven't either. There's room for all of us to grow. Uh, and this whole thing about being a great dad, being a great father. And so whether you are a brand new dad or you've been a dad a long time, there's room for us to improve in being a dad to our kids. So I want to inspire you. I want to encourage you today with this talk about great dads. Point number one, if you'll follow along with me in your bulletin notes, you can fill in the blanks, take some notes today on how to be a great dad. Number one is this, to be a great dad, we need to provide, provide for your kids, provide for your kids. And there are three things that as fathers, as dads, we must provide for our kids. And I, I want to give you those three things here just very quickly for you to jot them down in your notes. We need to provide for our kids, number one, financially, financially. As a father, we, we need to to, to be wise and, and, and providing financially and food on the table and clothes on our kids' back and a roof over their head. And the Scripture says this in 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse number 8. If anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for his immediate family, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. And men, God has called us to be providers. And I, I don't want to spend a, a, a long time there, but I just want just a, a reminder that, that God's called us to be providers. And providing, understand this, is only one aspect of our duties for providing for our kids. Our, our kids need more than just food on the table, a roof over their head, and clothes on their back. Our, our, our kids also need us to provide, number two in your notes, is time. Our kids need us to provide our time. 
I want you to understand, dads, that so much of preparing our kids for life happens by spending time with them. Please understand that a lot of things that our kids learn from us are caught and not taught. Hear me, it's, it's caught and not taught. And that's why spending time with our kids, and, and this can be challenging in our world that we live in today, work and busy schedules and extracurricular activities and, and hobbies and friends and spouse and, and things can get so busy and chaotic. And I just want to bring us back in today, man, and just remind us, listen, men, one of the most important things that we can provide for our kids is time with us. And the scripture, it bears this out regarding that so much is caught and not taught. You, you see this principle in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6 and 7. The, the scripture says this, and we're going to refer back to this portion of scripture a little later in the message. It says, these commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Notice verse 7, impress them, impress them on your children. So these commands need to be on your heart. And then our job is to impress these commands on our children. And now he tells us how to do this. He says, talk about them when you sit at home. Can I tell you, that's time. There's got to be some time that we're sitting at home and sitting with the family and sitting with our kids and, and providing our time with them. He says, listen, if you want to impress these things on your kids, you need to talk about them while you're sitting at home. Now notice this. And when you walk along the road, you say, well, Herbert, how in the world uh, am I investing in my kids? And, and how are they, how are they, how are they getting things impressed upon them when I'm just walking along the road with my kids? Well, the principle is this. So much of it is caught and not taught. And as your kids walk along the road with you, they, they catch so much of who you are. As you spend time with them and invest your time in, in their life. Notice what he goes on to say. When you lie down and when you get up, how am I impressing anything on my kids when I lie down and when, and when I get up? But when you're home and you're spending time with your kids, so much of it is caught and not taught. They catch your attitude. They catch your heart for God. They catch your convictions. They catch your morality. They that they catch a positive attitude, that they catch so much from us. And it's just so important that we're just reminded today as fathers, as dads, on this great dad celebration, that one of the most important things that we can provide for our kids is our time. And I don't want us fathers to neglect by, by putting food on the table, which we should, and closing their back and a roof over their head and get caught up in so many extracurricular activities that we miss one of the most important things, and that's giving them us. And so I just want to speak that to you today, that we would invest quality time and provide that for our kids. There's a third thing that I just want to remind you of that's so important for us to provide for our kids. Number three is this, encouragement. Encouragement. Dads, please hear this, a great deal of our kids' self-esteem, a great deal of their worth and value is shaped by the words we say to them. Did you, did you realize by, by the words that we speak to our kids, we are either building them up or tearing them down? And, and the Bible bears this out. It has a lot to say. The scriptures have a lot to say about the words that we speak 
how they can be bring, bring, build people up or how they can tear them down. And one of the most famous scriptures in the Bible regarding our tongue is Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21. It says, the tongue has the power of life and death. And we all realize this. You know, growing up, you hear the old saying, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. How I many you know that's not the truth? We, we've all been hurt by words. We, we, we've all been degraded by words. We've all felt less than by the words somebody has spoken to us. And dads, did you realize that you're, you are either speaking life to your kids or death to your kids by the words you say? Let me give you some examples of speaking death to your kids. Here, here's an example. You're just like your mama. Now, how many know you can say that and you don't mean it in a positive way? And you're speaking death to your kids when you say things like you're stupid, you're ugly. I don't know why we had you. And all the women say, you didn't have him or her. Look at him. I don't know what you're talking about. You might have gave me a little ice, but you didn't have no babies. I don't know. You ought to hush up with all that. Devaluing your kids, speaking death. You say things like, you make me sick. You're getting on my last nerve. What is the last nerve? Anybody know what that is yet? I heard it all my life. I still don't know what the last nerve is. I thought I got on your last nerve last week. I mean, did you grow a new one? I'm just trying, just trying to figure it out. When you say things like, you can't do anything right. But those are words of death. And they are shaping your kids' self-worth, their value, their, their self-esteem. And so, dads, just, just a reminder, dads, let's don't speak death to our kids. Let's speak life. Come on, let's say things like, way to go, champ. You're awesome. You're great. I want you to know God is going to use you. You're special. I love you so much. Speak words of life. Tell your kids, I'm proud of you. There's nobody like you guys. You're the best. Speak, listen, when we're frustrated, when we're angry, when we're upset, we've got to learn to hold our tongue. Because the words we can speak to our kids, one word, one sentence, can pierce their little heart and shape them in a negative way with their self-esteem and their confidence in who they are. And it's very important that we provide encouragement for our kids. Point number two, there's a second thing that I want you to see regarding being a great dad. We just looked at being a great dad. We need to provide for our kids financially, time, and encouragement. Number two is this. The second thing we need to do to be a great dad is love the mother of your kids. Love the mother of your kids. Outside of loving God. The second most important thing that I can do for my kids is to love my wife, Tiffany. It's the second most important thing that I can do for my kids. And the scripture talks very clearly about how important it is, men, for us to love our wives. I mean, the Bible is just crystal clear because this has ramifications in so many different areas. When we love our wife, I mean, it trickles into so many areas and affects so many areas in a positive way. Hear what the scripture says in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 25. It says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ 
love the church. Friends, can I tell you, that's an incredible kind of love. I mean, the, the, the love that Christ has for the church, it's an agape love. That's an unconditional love. God has called us husbands to love our wives unconditionally, to love them with this agape love, this unconditional love, this no matter what, I, I love you. And we need to be modeling that for our kids. He goes on to say, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. He said, husbands, love your wives like this because we all know this Christ, he died on the cross of Calvary for you and I. He had a sacrificial love. And we're called to love our wives with a sacrificial love that we'll give our lives up for them, our time. We'll sacrifice energy, finances to be a provider and to love our wives like Christ loved the church. I want you to hear, he continues to echo this same thought just a few verses later in Ephesians 5 and verse 28 and 29. He says, in this same, in this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. I mean, come on, just ponder that. I mean, that's some serious love. We ought to love our wives as our own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but he feeds it and cares for it just as Christ does the church. You see, man, when I, when you and I love our wives, it's, it's, it has a great impact upon our home and our kids. And I strive with everything that's in me to love Tiffany like Christ loves the church. And when I love my wife like Christ loves the church, you know what it does? It gives my kids security. It gives our home peace. It gives our home love. When I love Tiffany like Christ loves the church, it gives our home great stability. And boy, can I tell you, when you have a home of security and stability and love and peace and joy, can I tell you that has a profound impact upon your kids? You know what else it does? When I love Tiffany like Christ loves the church, you know what it does? It gives my three boys an example of how they should treat a woman. And my boys can watch me and that, they, that I can be their hero and their role model on how to treat a woman. You know what it does for my little girl? I've got one little girl. You know what it does for her when I love Tiffany like Christ loves the church? It gives Karis a great example of how a man should treat her one day when she's allowed to date at age 35. Yeah, 35. I only got one girl. I'm boy, that's all right. That girl, 35. And I hear some of you planning it out. I hear you. Oh, yeah, my little boy's going to marry Pastor's little daughter. Well, he might, if he can hold off to 35 to date and get married at 40, he can have her. But until then, she's mine. Amen. Until 35. I just want to make that clear to everybody. Amen. Everybody needs to hear that. Amen. Sets a great example. Let me say this because maybe you're divorced. Maybe you've had kids out of wedlock and uh, you're not together and you, you broke up and don't even talk. And, and Let me say this. You ought to still love and respect the mother of your kids, even if you're divorced, even if you're not together. It won't be this same husband and wife kind of love, but listen, you need to love and respect them. Can I tell you, you don't do your kids any good when you have a broken relationship. And there may, it may have been a tough divorce. And there may have been some things said and some things done that were hurtful and mean and vindictive. But you don't help your kids at all when all you do is argue, fuss, and fight. 
You don't help your kids at all when you try to manipulate and work things over it, and you, you're always screaming. You, you're not helping your kids at all every time you, he, he comes to pick up the kids or you come to pick them up for your time, and all you guys do is you're angry and you're mean and you're retaliating. Can I tell you, you're setting such a bad example for your kids, and your kids need, need to see, even in a broken relationship, they need to see that you love and you respect their mother. And I just want to challenge you, man. Keep that thought in mind. The second most important thing that you can provide for your kids is to love their mother. Point number three. Point number three. There's a third thing that I want to bring to your attention about being a great dad. Number three is this. Invest in your kids spiritually. Invest in your kids spiritually. And I want to quickly cover three things here on investing in our kids spiritually. Number one in your notes there for you to fill in the blank. Number one is this. Men, it's our responsibility. It's our responsibility. Investing in our kids spiritually falls on our shoulders. Men, don't, 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 don't shrug this responsibility off on the church. We're here to partner with you. We, we want to help you in investing in your kids spiritually. But ultimately, it falls on, on your shoulders. Don't, don't shrug it off on the grandparents. Don't, don't shrug it off on a school. Don't, don't, don't shrug it off on a friend. You, you have to realize that, that it's our responsibility as men to invest in our kids spiritually. Let's go back to the scripture I read to you a little earlier, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6 through 7. Hear this scripture again with, with the context, with the, with, with the thought, uh, with, with the framework in your mind of it's our responsibility. Notice this. And these words which I command you this day shall be upon your heart. Notice this, and you, notice that, and you shall teach them diligently to your children. He says, listen, the commands of God, first of all, they need to be upon your heart. And you, you parents, you father, you need to teach them to your children. You need to be diligent about investing in your kids spiritually. Notice what he goes on to say, and, you, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house. It's important that you talk about God and talk about the things of God. Invest in your kids in your house, not just at the church house, but in your house. Goes on to say, and when you, when you walk by the way, notice when you, it's your responsibility. And when you lie down, it's your responsibility. And when you rise, it's your responsibility to make sure that you're investing in your kids spiritually. In the New Testament, in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4, the apostle Paul, as he was inspired by the Holy Spirit, wrote these words. Fathers who? Come on, say it again. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Paul says, listen, man, it's our responsibility. Fathers, don't provoke your children to anger and bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Fathers, it's our responsibility to make sure that we're investing in our kids spiritually. And you may be here today and say, Herbert, I want to do that. How? Herbert, I hear what you're saying. How? Herbert, I haven't been to church in a long time. How? Herbert, I haven't, I haven't served Jesus that long. How? How do I invest in my kids spiritually? That leads me to point number two. Have a plan of action. Have a plan of action. Dads, please understand that we have to have a plan in place to teach our kids about God. Listen to what the scripture says. It gives us an example of 
of a plan. In Deuteronomy 6 and verse 7, it says, And you shall teach them diligently. In other words, this is not going to happen just by osmosis. You gotta be, it's gonna be intentional. If you wanna teach your kids about God, you've got to be intentional. You've got to be diligent about it. He says, no, notice this. He says, you shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house. Here's a plan. He says, man, when you're in the house. Talk about God. Just like you sit around and talk about the weather, talk about the U.S. Open, talk about the Lakers won the NBA championship. He says, talk about the Lord. Talk about the things of God. Talk about spiritual things as you sit in your house. Notice what he says. And when you walk by the way, man, when you walk by the way, man, talk about the things of God. Live a life uh, that, that, that honors God in front of them. Talk about the Lord as you walk uh, walk by the way. And when you lie down and when you rise, man, maybe it's at, at dinner time. Pray over the meal. Maybe before the family goes to bed, you 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 pray and have a family devotion. When you when you wake up, maybe first thing in the morning, you you have some time of prayer. Have some kind of plan in place. I, I, I would encourage you, men, just, just to sit down and look at your schedule. And to get some kind of plan, some kind of consistent plan in place to be intentional about investing in your kids. Maybe it is twice a week have a, have, having a family devotion time. Maybe it's, maybe it's let's just, we're going to shut off the TV and everything in the house for 15 minutes. The Wii, the Xbox, everything is shut off. And for the next 15 minutes, we're just going to read the Bible. And maybe you have older kids and they can just read their own Bible and you read yours. And maybe you come back afterwards and you have a family discussion. But, but you're, you're taking some time to invest in your kids spiritually. I would encourage you to have your kids in church. Parents of teenagers, man, have your kids in Epic. It's part of the plan. It's part of the plan. It's kind of like saying, I want my kids to grow up with an education, but you won't ever take them to school. It, just, it, it that, that doesn't connect well. And so you want, to, you want to have a plan in place to invest in your kids spiritually. And let me say this, men. Because here's what we think. We think this is so complicated. I want you to know this. The little things matter. And can I tell you, those little things matter. A prayer at the dinner table. A prayer, uh, taking five minutes to pray as a family. Prayer before bedtime. Talking about the things of God. Reading the scriptures. Those little things matter. But the key is we have to be intentional. It won't happen by osmosis. There's a third thing that I want you to see regarding investing in your kids spiritually. Number three is this. Live your life for God. Live your life for God. Moses knew that parents had to know God before they could really teach their kids about God. And I want you to hear what he says. Just a couple of verses earlier, right before he says, you, you, you need to teach your kids about God. You need to talk with them and walk with them. And when you lie down, when you get up, right before he tells parents to invest in their kids spiritually, I want you to see what he says just a couple of verses earlier. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4 through 6. He says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall, hey parents, you shall Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words which I command you this day shall be upon your heart. Moses says, parents, if you want your kids to follow God, you need to live your life for God. He says, parents, before you can teach your children about God, you need to live for God. He says, parents, before you, you impress these things about God upon your kids' hearts, he says, first, they need to be upon your hearts. I realize that giving my kids a definition of a Christian is not near as, as powerful as giving them an, an example of one. 
And it's easy for me to give my kids a definition, but but that's just not near as powerful of saying, here's a life of someone who follows Jesus Christ. How many of you remember growing up and your parents said something like this to you? I, I read it to you earlier in the dead quotes. They said something like this. Because I said so. Because I said, matter of fact, I said it yesterday and caught myself. Because I said so. And how many of you thought this in your mind when you were growing up, when your parents said, because I said so, you thought in your mind, well, you don't do it. Some of you actually said it and got knocked in the next week. (laughs) Well, you ain't doing it. (laughs) And you know why it frustrated you? You know why it bothered you? Because your parents were simply saying this, do what I say, not what I do. And I remember in some areas of my life, my parents doing that. And it created a little rebellion in my heart. I was really frustrated that my mom and dad would tell me to do something that they wouldn't even do. And, and that, that, that bothered me. When they said, do what I say, but not what I do. Because hear this, church, hear this, hear this, hear this, hear this, hear this. You can teach what you know, but you reproduce who you are. And you can say, do what I say, but listen, you can only teach what you know. But you reproduce who you are. And did you realize that when dad lives for God, that that the percentage of the kids that will live for God, it increases significantly. But when dad doesn't live for the Lord, he may talk about God and talk about, but when dad doesn't live for God, it diminishes greatly kids who follow the Lord because we don't we, we, we don't reproduce what we say we reproduce who we are and men can I tell you the greatest gift that you can give back to your kids is that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ and I just ask you right now just to evaluate your walk with God do you know God have you given him your heart are you living your life to please him Are you cold today? Are you indifferent? Are you saying one thing and living another? I just challenge you today. I encourage you today. I want to inspire you today to be a great dad. Starts with God. I'm going to love you with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength, with all my mind. And then I'm going to impress it on my kids. Let's pray. Lord, thanks for this word. Thank you for challenging us today.